This is Dollars and Sensibility with Tom Stone. And we're gonna talk about what you really want. And at the end of the day, how to get what you really want is to understand money. Guild Mortgage, NMLS number 3274, Tom Stone, NMLS number 257849. The information contained in these podcasts are for educational purposes only and do not necessarily express the opinions of Guild Mortgage. So welcome to another episode of Dollars and Sensibility. And boy, do we have a treat today. We have Jackie Bags here with me, which that name in my circle is held in the highest esteem. You may not know who we're talking about. But in my world, Jackie Bags basically makes everything run around me. So the fact that she could join me today, she's looking at me like, oh, you're making me feel nervous. <laughs> <laughs> but but the truth is, is that she's the, our regional operations manager over a Western, two Western states. And the fact that she made this time is pretty cool. So welcome, Jackie. Thank you, Tom. <laughs> okay. So let's, I think it's important to understand what you do why it is that you do it and how do you get into it? So again, I, I just threw out a title, operation, regional operations manager, right? Yep. And yep. and what are the things that you've done to lead up to this? I know that I've heard you were an underwriter and stuff like that. And these are the things I really want to go down in this podcast is I want people to understand the kind of behind the scenes of what happens in mortgages, in lending, in decision-making. And boy, you were the right person to get in to have a microphone. So Tell us your story. Tell us your history. As, you know, I started here and how'd you get here? Absolutely. So first of all, thank you for having me. Yeah. This is uh, this is new to me. So mm -hmm. very exciting. Get out of my comfort zone a little bit. You're welcome. Yes, absolutely. <laughs> so how did I get here? Um, about 25 years ago, I was a receptionist for a small mortgage company in, in Draper, Utah, actually. And, um, you know, things were steady at that time mm -hmm. and they needed help stacking their files for flagstar bank actually was an investor of theirs so mm -hmm. i started stacking their files and and i thought well you know what i wonder what processing would be like mm -hmm. so i dabbled that in, was a step up yep yep absolutely i i what does stacking a file mean by the stacking way stacking a file so they had a certain order that you had to put the paper in for them mm -hmm. uh whenever they purchased it so it was just a, a simple task I could do while answering the phone for them, but, mm -hmm. you know, gave me something to do while I answered the phone. Mm -hmm. So uh, that was my introduction, actually, to the mortgage industry. And, and from there, I actually did go into processing. Mm -hmm. uh, I was a processor for, gosh, probably just shy of five years. Um, What's a processor do? A processor is a very important mm -hmm. uh, role in the, in the whole scheme of things. So... And that position has evolved mm -hmm. also from when I was a processor. So um, in today's world, a processor actually, uh, you could have a processing assistant that actually does all of your order outs, but their main role, their, their responsibility is uh, that credit piece, working with the underwriter and also working with the borrower. So they have a dual task and they have to be very uh, well-spoken and, mm -hmm. and understand mortgage terms. It's very important for a processor to be able to do both of those roles. Um, Which is a whole different language by itself, right? It is. <clears throat> I mean, the vocabulary is a, a, a full-on right. different language. Right. So let's take how you would talk to your underwriter, right? Yeah. Mortgage terms mm -hmm. and simplify that. So, and I'm, I'm not meaning that in a disrespectful sure. way whatsoever, but in the mortgage world, we do have certain lingo. Mm -hmm. So when you're speaking to a borrower, you need to make sure that they understand what it is that you're asking for yep. very clearly. Yep. 
Otherwise, you know, we may get something that wasn't what we were asking for. Exactly. So, yeah. so as a processor, uh, like I said, I was a processor for about five years and I had an amazing opportunity to go to work for a small bank in Salt Lake City uh, called Celtic Bank. Mm -hmm. And which is kind of a niche bank, really, right? Absolutely. Yeah. Yes. They and only did SBA loans. They did a lot of SBA loans and they did have a mortgage department at that time. I think they specialize in manufactured homes in some arm. Oh, we, we did a ton of manufactured mm -hmm. homes, new construction manufactured homes. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Lori Barassa, actually. Yeah. I, mean, I know that name. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. Wonderful person. So, um, you know, that, that, so experience, that was commercial. You actually did some commercial stuff. I didn't, I, I didn't dabble in the commercial side. Uh, Reese always talked to me about that mm -hmm. and, and tried to get me to lend that, you know, go that direction. But I stayed pretty true to the mortgage side okay. of things. Okay. So uh, he had an underwriter at the time, Diana Ish, who was getting ready to retire. And for some reason, she saw something in me and took me under her wing mm. and taught me uh, what I needed to know to become an underwriter. What do you need to know? And give us give us that short. Yeah, list. that's an interesting, <laughs> an, an interesting concept because as a processor, you could turn your information into the underwriter, and and it's their responsibility to make sure that it does meet all of the investor requirements. Mm -hmm. um, so when you go from being a processor to an underwriter, although I think it's a natural progression, a natural mm -hmm. step, if that's the direction you want to go, it's funny that mind shift. Mm -hmm. You think it's going to be so easy. And then when it's you. Because you've been talking to them. It's absolutely. the next step. Right. It's the next step. Right. Uh, you you feel like it will be a very easy transition. But when it's you putting your name on that file, mm. your mind actually shifts a little bit. And you see things in a different perspective. More carefully. Very much so. Which can, be a, which can be a detriment too. Can be. Yes. Mm -hmm. Yes. Yeah, so to find that fine line, mm -hmm. right? I mean, a little experience is always good under your belt and then you get your comfort level. Mm -hmm. Where is your comfort level and, and how much um, it, that actually has to do with the company that you work for as well. But what is the risk appetite? Mm -hmm. So uh, I think it's very important um, to realize that underwriters do, they not only have to adhere to investor guidelines, but also that risk appetite of the investor or the, the lender that they're working for. Mm -hmm. So so I was an underwriter for uh, 19 or 20 years, actually, before mm. coming to Guild Mortgage. Yes. And and you interviewed at Guild. I did. For for the I was head a, underwriter position. Mm, fulfillment Center Manager, actually. Fulfillment Center Manager. Right. Excuse me. Okay. Right. Out of West Jordan. Right. For Guild Mortgage. Mm -hmm. And you know, I think, again, I was just um, very blessed to have worked for an, a loan officer, as a matter of fact, uh, throughout my years of being an underwriter. Um, I worked with this loan officer who hadn't worked with for several years. Uh, she had moved companies and, and I had as well. So uh, we maintained contact with each other. But um, she called me out of the blue one day mm. and said, hey, Jackie, there's this role that I would love you to interview for. I think that you would be fantastic in this role. And um, I was just at a point in my life where a change was, uh, it seemed exciting, mm -hmm. right? Let, let's go hear what they have to say, what this really looks like, and if I am a good fit. Mm -hmm. So I really wasn't looking for a change at the and time. And at this time, you had never had that done that position before. Oh, no, never. No, I had been an underwriter. I, as an underwriter, um, <clears throat> something I did love to do was help loan officers figure out how to approve loans. Mm -hmm. 
So I think that gave me a leg Which up. is not, not always the approach to loan officer. If loan officer hears that, they're like, really? An underwriter does that for me? That, right. That's unique, which which that is one of your wonderful things. Um, for people, do, I'm saying that for you to respond to. I'm saying that for the audience listening. That is not normal necessarily for an underwriter to have that viewpoint. Well, th thank you. I, well, I thank have, you. I've been told that before, <laughs> but to me, I feel like it, you know, I think that makes... Um, to all underwriters out there, I do think that helps make you unique, mm -hmm. and and I encourage it because it's a good thing. Mm -hmm. um, so interviewed for the fulfillment center. Back, by the way, back to credit to this friend that we both have that uh, reached out to you, correct? Yes. Yes. Absolutely. Grateful she did that. Me too. Absolutely. Yes. So I interviewed for the role. Uh, first time I had ever had three high level managers mm -hmm. in an interview. So my palms were sweaty. <laughs> uh -huh. Yes, I, I was uh, a little on the nervous side, I have to say, especially never being a manager before. Mm -hmm. So I started wondering really why I was there. Mm -hmm. But the interview went well. I mean, mm -hmm. it really did down to earth um, management. And I, I, I can't even explain it. I, I feel like, um, Something I heard the other day was talking about looking for a company that shared the same values, the same mm -hmm. core values as you. And in listening to these managers um, talk and, and interview me, the questions that they were asking, I knew then that Guild was the right fit for me simply because everything that they asked was a very easy answer for me. It mm -hmm. felt very natural. It wasn't, I didn't have to um, really think about what my answers were. Mm -hmm. So um, long story short, got the job. Mm -hmm. Yes. I remember that well. Yeah. I was getting the side, I was on, I was getting the report from the other side from Pam. Awesome. Mm -hmm. Awesome. Pam being one of the interviewers. Mm -hmm. Yep. <laughs> yep. yep. Yeah, she's, she's my boss. Yep. 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 Wonderful lady. Absolutely. Yeah. No question. So. And uh, then you said. And then. How excited I am to have this position. I did. I'm in charge of everything now. <laughs> uh, I, on a, on a uh, you know in Utah, um, so fulfillment center manager in Utah, we had an op center. Uh, it was located in West Jordan, and we had so all of Utah underwriters and closers out of that office and closing manager uh, there as well. So, um, what a great experience! I mean, I couldn't have been luckier, Tom, because I was able to step into that and then build on that experience and became a division manager mm -hmm. and then the regional operations manager. Yep. So I've and that's been, within four years. I'm about just over three and a half years with guild. So within three and a half years, obviously um, you've moved up the ladder, you could say for all intents and purposes, but at the same time, I think that's a little too sterile. I, I think it's, I think it's literally you've, you've, What's, what what I say evolved I, into something? I or? think it's been an organic growth, actually, with uh, company changes, mm -hmm, right? Things mm -hmm. that have have evolved within Guild Mortgage. Um, it was organic growth. So mm -hmm. um, today, what that looks like for me, being a regional operations manager, I have uh, twenty five offices throughout uh, Nevada and Utah, mm -hmm. and we have an amazing management team and. Um, the great thing about our management team is everyone is so open-minded, open door policies, mm -hmm. very down to earth and always looking for ways to improve. So something that is very near and dear to me is, um, you know, we never stop learning, mm -hmm. right? 
-hmm. and, and that is something that we take to heart. We have weekly meetings where we collaborate, but if something comes up sooner, uh, the greatest thing on earth is Teams, right? Mm -hmm. You just don't pick up the phone anymore. Microsoft Teams, yep. yeah. You, you actually see face each to other face-to-face -face and, and talk through whatever the situation is. And Not everyone does that, by the way. They're supposed to, but I don't think people like it. You do it. Oh, I love it. Yeah, you always do. I do. I love <clears throat> it. You know why? I want to see facial expression. Mm -hmm. Are you understanding what we're talking about? Exactly. Mm -hmm. Right. Yeah, like, uh-huh. Well, the eyes going side to side. Right. No, they don't understand. Right. So you can really get to the, you know, get to the root of what's going on and figure out a way to solution the issue. So Okay. So love that intro. Love your, your the, the progression you've made in your career. You mentioned, well, let, me, let me say it from my side. The question I always had for Pam or any new underwriter specifically, because mm -hmm. underwriter for me and closer, they're pretty close there. Are they going to, are they guildized or are they guildizable? <laughs> That's not a real word, but it is here, right? It is here. Because everyone that comes from another place comes, uh, again, trying to make sure I say it the right way, not everyone, but well, they, they do because it's taught to be extra careful. Like the, the mentality is either protect the bank and that's their first priority. And I've always said people, you know, we're owned by private equity and it's how do we grow the business? And you have to do both. You do. But many people who are, when I say are non-guildized as an underwriter comes in with protect the bank. So, right. and they're willing to say no, because they have a percentage of loans that come back that are insured or other things that might hurt their track record. Is that true? Right. Right. And yes, simply yes, mm -hmm. uh, that is true. So I think there are ways to be guildized or, or, you know, really fit in well with guilds culture um, and not hurt your DE, your SAR, you know, any delegations that you've worked so hard to obtain. So yeah, explain that by the way. I will. I absolutely will. Another thing that's very important to us on our team is if an underwriter is, is uncomfortable with signing off on a condition mm -hmm. or even the loan, Tom's so, calling in saying, please right. let this go. And they're like, you know, oh. we, we have an escalation process so that that underwriter doesn't have to feel uncomfortable. But let, let's take it a step back from there, though. Um, we're not, you know, whenever we make a decision to do a loan, uh, we, too, have to meet guidelines. We, too, mm -hmm. have to have loans that are insurable. Mm -hmm. So we're not making decisions that are outside of the guideline. What's so wonderful is the years of experience that um, come with my management team and also my uh, processing and underwriting and closing team. So mm -hmm. when you talk to people, you can work through situations based upon their positive experiences that they've had in the, in the past, mm -hmm. right? So that's what is so important and is needed is that collaboration and knowing how to work through it situations or issues. And again, we don't do anything that another company can't do mm -hmm. outside of being open-minded, collaborate and solution oriented. Which is a huge difference to somebody who says, yes, we do conventional loans. Yes, we do USDA. We do VA. We do all the same loans. Of course we do. Right. Well, then why that loan get declined or more conditions or tougher situation right. and over here, we got it approved. Right. The reason is, is I explained this on a different podcast. I, I look at us as I'm the attorney. You are the, the underwriter is the judge and the guidelines are the laws. And I present the case, but I have a judge that is sitting there saying, okay, Tom, tell me what you're trying to do. Help me understand. 
Because mm-hmm. it isn't just no, you know, it's not someone like a judge that says, you know, guilty. It's not that. It's how do we make this thing work? Right. And even if somebody in another, I am comparing right now, another place says, well, I have that personality I'd like to, they have what's called overlays. Correct. And overlays are additional rules. Right. I'm saying this for, for obviously for listeners that companies put in place on top of investor guidelines that you can't, an underwriter would like to approve it, but the overlay says no. Risk appetite. Risk appetite. Yeah. And my understanding and experience is that Gill basically has very little or no overlays and they follow investor guidelines. That's very true. Absolutely. And the best part, we live in the areas we lend. We know yeah. our audience. That's right. That's right. Let's go there for a second. I mean, I mean, that seems obvious to you and me, but let's make sure. So, so you're, you, you, you live in Utah. I do. And actually, you grew up in Vernal. I certainly did. Yes. <laughs> and, and now you're in Salt Lake. And, and then, of course, have been around. By the way, she's a huge, avid golfer. So you've been golfing a few places, I assume. Yes, that, <laughs> that's something we do enjoy. Definitely. <laughs> Take our clubs everywhere we go. Yeah. So so other places, including Nevada and other places in Utah and so forth and so on, right? Yes, absolutely. And then it's not just you. It's your team. Your team lives in these areas. They do. Yes. Again, we do live in the areas that we lend. So, um, you know, we have one regional ops center um, and what that really means, I guess, if you, we talk about we live in the areas that we lend, we have underwriters and closers that live in Salt Lake, underwriters and closers that live in Las Vegas and Reno. And, you know, one thing that, that um, COVID did lend us is we, we were able to hire some outside of those areas. Um, but I would say for the for the most part, everybody does live in either, you know, a surrounding state, Arizona. We do have one underwriter that lives in Arizona, but she had lived in Logan, Utah and, mm-hmm. and had, you know, raised her family there. So there is that close connection. Um, what does this mean to the audience? Someone right. may think, why right. does it matter? Right. Well, if you're looking at a rural property in Vernal mm-hmm. or Logan, Utah, mm-hmm. and you're an underwriter from... Um, you know, back east, Mm -hmm. do you really know that area? Mm -hmm. And can you justify utilizing those comps? Because it's, 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 it's the interpretation of the underwriter to write up the file in Mm -hmm. in a way to say, this is why I approved it. Correct. Right. They don't feel comfortable because they don't know about it. They don't know the area. They don't know the area. Right. Right. Yeah. So pretty fantastic. And and another, um, another, really important part of that is knowing the, um, you know, we have agricultural here. Mm-hmm. We have a lot of uh, coal miners in, in Nevada. We have a lot of oil workers in Utah, right? Mm-hmm. So so also knowing um, how to qualify those borrowers, um, it just makes such a huge difference to yep. know yep. your audience. Even understanding how they get paid. Absolutely. Right. What's a piece rate? And some, and someone in another place is like, what's a piece rate? Mm-hmm. Even I've even, right. I've even had that experience with underwriters that in the past Yeah. that are like, yeah, I've never seen this before. And I go, I, I don't know what to say to that. Yeah. I don't understand. Well, let's, let's be very, you know, let's learn that really quick. Right. Right. Versus someone saying, Oh, I did three files like that last week or last year. Right. But but saying that, though, even that your underwriter gave you a call and said that they may not understand exactly mm-hmm. what you're doing, but asking you to help them understand so that they can yep. feel very comfortable proceeding with that transaction. Well, and, and again, that's something that's promoted here at Guild, not everywhere. And the fact is, 
hey, Tom, I've got a concern, a question, or here's what I'm sending over on why. Mm -hmm. And I say, oh, by the way, did you know this? They might say, I didn't know that. Changes the entire. Oh, my goodness. Thanks for letting me know that. I'm like, I didn't write that. I'm so sorry. Yeah. But it's funny because people think, you know, I filled an application, I got a loan, what's the big deal? So online lenders, for example, they can brag all they want, but they don't have what we're talking about. They don't have what we're talking about. Where I said, we got to make that file work. I do want to hear the process. In other words, I'm pretty good at uh, saying, you know, here's what we do on this side, borrower. Okay. We pre-qualify, mm -hmm. we go through pre-approval, submit to underwriting as a credit approval, choose a realtor, go shopping for a house, get under contract, <laughs> get an appraisal done, blah, 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 blah. What happens on your side? So in other words, what's the first person, the first touch, what happens, what process goes through? You say this word closer, what's okay. a closer? Okay. Obviously, which is a funder, which is probably the same thing. What's a funder? It, it can be. Mm -hmm. I guess it depends on, you know, how your uh, group is set up. But let's go through the, the kind let's of the, do. even so, chronologically in a sense. Certainly, just... certainly. So we'll start with a, a, a processor assistant or a processor, depending on your team. Mm -hmm. Everyone is set up differently. And, and that's another amazing thing about Guild is they don't mandate how you set your team up. Mm -hmm. Right. Yep. So let's say you do have a processing assistant. They'll uh, get the file and complete all the order outs. What does that look like? Your payoffs, your title report, your appraisal. Um, okay, so ordering out from yes, other vendors to get the paper, paperwork back. Yes. Yep. And from there, the file will go to a processor where the processor actually gets the file ready to submit to an underwriter. So they'll review the file uh, within 24 hours, review the file, send a needs list out to the borrower. If, you know, they see some missing information, mm -hmm. maybe the loan officer said, you know, requested this information from the borrower. It's a trailing document. So the processor will reach out. Um, again, just preparing that file to go into the underwriter, getting a really good feel for what the borrower is trying to accomplish mm -hmm. and knowing uh, what's required um, for approval mm -hmm. from the underwriter. Again, that processor plays such an important role. Um, <clears throat> you, you mentioned something just a bit ago, and I want to actually go back to it a little bit, was uh, some of your higher tech companies. So really nice thing about Guild is we are high tech, mm -hmm. but we're also high touch. Mm -hmm. So let's say that that processor notices that that company's on the work number and you we could, you know, the name wasn't input properly into the system, inputs it properly and gets a day one certainty. So then we have our reps and warrants on our income, right? Now, what's reps and warrants, by the way? That means when it goes to an investor, if something goes sideways on it, that Guild has uh, their reps and warrants, they're not coming back. To insurance. Correct. Yep. We're not repurchasing that loan for that reason. Yep. Talk about repurchasing the loan, by the way. Mm -hmm. there's, there's things, I love these things. There's so, there's so many things you're bringing up. So back to the process. So the, the processor actually gets the file organized and, and we'll put together a detailed cover letter, submit it to the underwriter for uh, initial review. Um, another thing that we, you know, I can't brag enough about Guild, but what we're really big on is you don't have to wait for a property for that to happen. Mm -hmm. We do TBDs all the time. We love TBDs. Which is? Uh, to be determined to on be your determined. property address. Mm -hmm. So we can get you credit approved mm -hmm. without that property yep. so that you feel very comfortable. When Other you... companies think it's twice the work for an underwriter, which it kind of is. Yeah. But it also is much better for the borrower because they can know at least this part of the file is approved. Customer for life. Customer for life. That's what we want. That's so what we're here for. If they write the file twice and that's better for them, that's what we do. That's exactly right. Yep. Yes. So the processor submits to the underwriter. The underwriter, you know, within 24 hours will uh, take an initial look at the file and issue a credit approval on it or a full approval if there's an appraisal in the mm -hmm. submitted with the file. 
Um, there's, there's very open communication between the processor and the underwriter. If the underwriter doesn't understand something, they mm -hmm. will actually call the processor mm -hmm. on teams or pick up their phone and call them and have a conversation saying, mm -hmm. you submitted this and there's just a piece missing. What is it that I'm missing? Yep. Right. Again, that communication. Mm -hmm. Um, and that comes too with, you know, sometimes as a loan officer, you're sending it out to different companies and they brag on that, but with different companies, Who's the underwriter? Do you know who they are? How do they think? What do they look for? What's important to them? So to have an underwriter team that's with the same company, same uh, values, and you know each other, and you have a respectful relationship, right? like any business, relationships is what it's all about. Makes all the difference, in, all the difference world. in the world. It does. Absolutely. Credit issue or uh, credit approval issued or full approval issued, depending upon mm -hmm. what was in the file and submitted to the underwriter, goes back to the processor. Um, now, of course, we would love it if it actually went, you know, all the way to closing mm -hmm. from there. But typically it goes back to the processor mm -hmm. to obtain a couple of straggler conditions yep. or get the appraisal. That's what happens mm -hmm. more often than not. Yep. Right. Uh, updated pay stub. Yeah. Just whatever. Real estate purchase contract, whatever is still needed. Yep. 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 Those those trailing documents. Mm -hmm. So they'll they'll put the package, the final package together to go back into underwriting for full approval. Again, the underwriter receives it. We have 24 hour turn times. They review that documentation, issue that full approval. From there, it goes to our closing department. Mm -hmm. Our closing department, um, you know, I'm sk skipping a piece here. So at credit approval, actually, they'll you'll submit for your CD. Right, the CD, which is okay. the closing so disclosure. Closing. Perfect, perfect. I don't want to skip that. That's a very important <laughs> yeah. piece. It's by law. <laughs> right, right, exactly. Yes, that's right. So all companies do this a bit differently, right? Here, um, especially here in our region, the the closers actually will balance with title, mm -hmm. so that you you can feel very comfortable with the figures that you're sending Balancing out. Balance meaning the numbers match exactly. Right. Yeah, the CD is not a guess. It's an absolute exact thing. Right. Right. Not not all areas, even within Guild and not mm. all companies do it that way. Mm. So um, it's we find it to be very important. Sure saves a lot of stuff to follow up on. Sure. Sure. So that uh, processor issues that closing disclosure right to mm -hmm. the borrower. Mm -hmm. um, so, again, I can't praise processors enough. They have a <laughs> lot of responsibility. They do. They do. All right. File is now in closing. So the closer will actually, again, do their review of the file. There are, of course, very important um, documents that need to, uh, well, full file. You know, they're relying on all of that information and those closing figures for them to be able to do their this job properly. This is crossing properly T's and dotting well. I's, right? Absolutely, it's it is. It's right down to it. Right, right. If there are any hiccups, if there are questions, again, the closers and the underwriters talk on a daily basis. Mm -hmm. There's very open communication. Um, and... Our managers are not managers like this isn't my role responsibility. I have managers that actually jump in and will help with, um, you name it, any type of signing mm -hmm. off a condition, whatever the case may be, just to make sure that that file is moving forward and not stagnant or stalled. Yep. So um, again, that's just customer service. Right. And ultimately our goal is um, for our borrower to close on time or yep. early, right? Yep. But we love them to close on time and and not have any surprises at the closing table. That's it. The thing that's kind of, as you're talking, I always kind of joke with my engineer friends. When my engineer friends come in for a mortgage loan, they usually up front <laughs> or hiding underneath their other pad, their little graph paper. 
and they want to know the calculation so they can calculate their income, excuse me, their payment, their down payment, you know, put it into that to their particular spreadsheet for themselves yeah. and know how to do it. And my world just drives them crazy because the reason we're talking back and forth all this time, you're talking to the processor, underwriting, talking to the closer is things change all the time to the process. All there, the time. Even like I locked in my rate, but there's this, if your income changes a little bit, if the, if the, oh my, I can think of all the things. There's just changes constantly. Before we came in and started the podcast, you had a, a, an email where an error code came up on a QM, blah, blah, blah. Right. That you're like, oh goodness, we need to fix this problem right away. But it was a limitation. The rule says that the computer said this and you got to just adjust accordingly. Right. So then this person's got to talk to that person. So this like, if you're an engineer brain, don't get into mortgages. <laughs> Good right? advice. Because Very it's good advice. Constantly changing, right. always different. In fact, I, I said if, if a client were to sit and watch us work on their loan, they would probably be in a constant state of fear because it's always us kind of hedging. We're hedging to make, okay, so the debt rate, they got qualified this, this debt ratio. They haven't got a property yet. Is the rate locked in? No. The rate goes up a quarter of a percent. They don't qualify anymore. So how should we handle this? What if, okay, can we go back to the underwriter and say, hey, I know we told, said this income. But if we did this with the bonus income, could we get away with doing it for a one-year average instead of a two-year average? Because the money, I'm just making stuff up as I go. But but there's just so many, everything's moving and shaking. And that's not to say that it's changing completely. But the reason that you have to talk and go back and forth is because it's not a static process. Very true. <laughs> Very true. It's it's never static. But it makes it, makes it exciting, yeah, right? Um, board is not. <laughs> in fact, people might say, in fact, I talk to the high school kids a lot. I go up there and volunteer and I just don't want a desk job, they say. You know, I want to be, I'm like, well, okay, this winter you probably would want a desk job, you know? Yeah. But I'm like, I mean, I sit at my desk. I do. I work on my computer. Yes, I do. But what's really fun is my mind. I have to, like, I assume either I'll be completely nuts and crazy when I'm older or I'm going to have the most amazing mind <laughs> that's going to remember every detail about everything because yeah. of, I have to do that every day of my life. Right. 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 Yep. <laughs> the I, details. I and, and then you have, you know, how many files at once going and then you have to go back to it and yeah. remember the details that you did, which yeah. means the notes you have to take. Yes. Being very detailed and taking mm -hmm. really good notes is so important. Well, it, it really was, is. It was fun. You walked in, you drove up here from Salt Lake, came in for lunch and I started talking about a file and you like, I know that file. And you didn't underwrite that file. No, absolutely I'm like, you've not. seen it. You looked at it. You know about it. And it's like, oh, how fun is it that my regional manager over 25 offices knows about my file? Well, I like that, by the way. Thank you. That's pretty cool. Oh, thank you. That's pretty cool. Y you know, we um, like I was saying, you you were talking about that file um, and knowing that it had to be massaged just a little bit. A right? lot. <laughs> <laughs> so, so again, going back to that collaboration that happens, it's a prime example, mm -hmm. right? We want to make sure that we are collaborating and being solution oriented. So one, um, our borrower is able to get the home that they want mm -hmm. and, and their, their dream home, mm -hmm. you know, that's what we're hoping for mm -hmm. ultimately, but also the best program for them. Right. Absolutely. So, yeah. Is this one better than the other? And sometimes, and in fact, that was a, a suggestion to my underwriter from the underwriter here. They said, we may need to restructure this for a different program. Mm -hmm. And I came back and said, well, actually, this is still the best one. And, and here's why. And, oh, okay, she says. And what about this? I think I can do that. Let me get back to you. That was the conversation. Awesome. And we got back to me and we solved the problem. Awesome. And then, hey, yes, you can go look for houses. Yep. So I want to I go down a couple things as we finish up. Okay. <clears throat> You said repurchase. Yes. You said insure. Yes. 
So let's now go even to the next step of right. this file is funded and done. And everyone says, oh, good, we're finished. Except for you. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, we're not finished there. <laughs> what happens after the funds? And we're all happy. You know, we get our keys. Right. What then? Right. So what happens with, you know, repurchase or or well, we, insured we, or what happens at, at the back end? It's a, such a, it's a great topic, Tom. <laughs> so uh, like I had mentioned earlier, we adhere to the same guidelines as everyone else, right? We, we don't have special rules that we underwrite to or, or um, anything else. So we adhere to FHA, VA, USDA, mm-hmm. Fannie, Freddie. So depending upon how that loan was locked, um, we go through, um, you know, files are audited, let's say by Fannie or Freddie. Mm-hmm. And if in their audit, they find something that they disagree with, they can suspend the file and send a, uh, you know, the, a request to repurchase that file. And so an underwriter gets underwritten. An underwriter does get underwritten. That's yeah. a very good way to put that mm-hmm. for somebody to, un- you know, mm-hmm. really understand that. After it's all said and done. All said and done. Yes. Mm-hmm. They're, they are reviewed. Their work is reviewed. So that's something that while they're approving your file, they have to be mindful of that as well. Yep. Yep. Right. And if the loan gets repurchased. Mm-hmm. Well, that's a loss. It's thousands and thousands of dollars. Absolutely. Of cost. It is. Yes. So every very expensive. Yep. And their role is what is an underwriter's role, right? They're they're they are meant to protect the company. Yep. Right. The, against those losses. Correct. Yep. Right. So what a balance you trap or a tight wire, I guess, is the, that yeah. they have to balance through making sure production, we call the the borrower gets doing, but they also right. can make the file look so it can be purchased by Fannie Freddie. Correct. Correct. Or FHA and, or whatever. Exactly. Well, and, and another thing to think of there as well, Tom, something else I talk about quite a bit is making sure that we're protecting the borrower as well. Sometimes, mm-hmm. you know, we see something that we really want, mm-hmm. you know, that beautiful mm-hmm. house. Mm-hmm. We want to make sure that we're we're being uh, very uh, responsible in our lending True. decisions as well. True. So uh, back to that audit. Yep. Um, you know, we, we, we're always really successful in getting those uh, repurchase agreements or those repurchase requests overcome. Um, we haven't been successful hundred percent of the time. But, I, but I, have I have to, to be honest, but I have but, to add, but that's also back to relationship. Guild has a phenomenal they do. reputation. One. Yes. Yeah. And, and so, so investors are like, man, we always have good loans come from guild. Right. They perform well that we have great relationship. Same thing, right? Relationship. Yes. Yeah. That, another reason re- relationships are so important. Mm-hmm. Right. But I do think it's important, you know, to say that we all adhere to the same guidelines. So, mm-hmm. um, and then let's talk about, you know, those government files. So we too, um, you know, uh, we'll have FHA. If FHA disagrees with uh, an underwriting decision, they too can come back on an audit or um, we call it, a, it's a PETR, Peter, Petra, I hear it called many different names for that. But if they disagree with the decision that the underwriter made, then they'll ask for a response to that decision. Mm -hmm. And we do have an opportunity there to overcome that. Again, have been very successful in those. And Mm -hmm. and fortunately, we don't see very many. But when we do, that we take them very seriously Mm -hmm. because certainly we don't want Guild to suffer a loss. And and also, we never want our um, underwriters to suffer, you know, they, they do, um, 
you know, they worked really hard for those delegations. And a delegation is an authority to underwrite mm-hmm. either an FHA or Yeah, a this doesn't get hired as an underwriter mm-hmm. and you just start. You nope. have to go through that whole training process and Correct. get basically your stamp like an engineer yep. or your yep. your label to say, I'm, I'm, I can do this next yep. type of loan. Uh, yeah, exactly. Yep. Yep. I'm delegated it, in. It's like a degree of some sort. Well, it is. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. Somewhat of a specialist. Specialist. That's what that's better. Huh? Yeah, yeah, I like it. In fact, you can say this person is now mm-hmm. they can now do USDA loans. They can now do an FHA. FHA and VA. Right. Mm-hmm. Right. Yeah. They do have those delegation processes that you have to go to in order mm-hmm. to underwrite those files. And, and without those delegations, of course, that impacts their livelihood as well. Yep. So, yep. you know, we're they're worth more thing and do more and if they have a better track record. Of course. Yep. So we're we're very mindful of all of that. It is kind of a balancing act. Yes. Yep. <laughs> but but, you know, we we are uh, a work family, if you will, and we definitely watch out for each other. And we want to make sure that uh, we're doing right by our borrowers and by our teammates as well. Mm-hmm. So as you're talking to and what you're doing is we're preparing. This is way too simplified, but it's the same thing. A mortgage is basically tied to a bond mortgage-backed security and the securitization of that bond, which means it has some collateral behind it, some some backing, some value to it, is this file that has been created and then made valuable because this person will have, it'll re, it'll pay on time, right? but also fits all the guidelines. And in, in, in the past, they'd call it, you know, A plus or different ratings like that, right? Yeah. Yeah, and, you hear that quite a bit. And mm-hmm. how is today different than 2008, 2009? And we have, and used to, the terminology was scratch and dent. Yeah. Where files did have a late payment or had something with it or. Well, let's say that we couldn't overcome that repurchase. Mm-hmm. And then we have to keep it on our books yeah. and it's not valued as much. And, and it's sold at pennies on the dollar. It, yep. Right. Or you hold on to it That's and lose that. That's a scratch that. and dent. That's a scratch and dent. Yeah. These are some fun terms that no one have any idea about, right? They don't. They don't want to. <laughs> but I love. I love learning about it. It's so fun, and I don't think it's just so fun to learn all these things. Sure. Because I always tell people, you know, in school you learn in math one plus one equals two. That's true, and if you stay there, you can probably live a simple life. But if you want to get into money management and financial math, it's a multifaceted situation. Whereas a dollar is not a dollar. It's it's a percentage and it's a basis and it's a value. And it's a valuation. And then the valuation, then it becomes valuable at this particular level. And you have certain pools of money that blah, 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 blah. But anyway, it's not just one plus one equals two in this particular scenario. No. And and your job is to make sure. <laughs> How many people? 25 offices. How many people? 25 offices. Oh, to- total people. I, I honestly don't have that head count. I, I wish I did for you. I don't come up with a number for me. Uh, as far as the operations team is yeah. concerned, yeah. oh gosh, at, at least thirty-five okay. individuals. And, and then then they are in charge of obviously the production teams and so forth and right. so on, right? Right. And the dollar volume that comes through these offices the last two years was something like what? Oh boy, you're putting me on the spot. Oh, I am I completely am. putting me on the spot. You you know, Tom, I don't even have that number you just do right Nevada, off the well, top I know of the, my head. I know Nevada by itself did a billion. Mm-hmm. Right. Right. So we're talking about billions of dollars. Here, right, right. Right. Oh, absolutely. Billions of dollars. Yeah. Right. Right. Yeah. So I, I think we just clearly uh, identified a difference between operations and sales. Right? <laughs> so sales, you work, you you look at those dollars and, yeah. and, and dollars are important to me. I'm not sure. saying that they're not, but I'm looking at this more from an operational standpoint of staff to be able to handle in a very customer service manner, the uh, volume 
right? Mm -hmm. So how many loans can we get through with this many people, right? And create a valuation. Correct. Successfully. That, that is such a high level. I mean, like, like default rates, by the way, are somewhere like certainly under 2%, under 1%, right? And that's, that's where you want it to be. Right. So you have to be 99% successful or more at your job. True. Yes. We have to be very successful at our job. Otherwise we're failing our company. Yeah. And, and to me, it's just, so again, just to put a value to what your job is and what you're doing and, and how valuable it is to this company. So you have a job that takes care of on operations side of things, billions, billions of dollars yeah. that needs to keep your success rate at 99 ish percent. Right. Pretty crazy, isn't it? <laughs> yes. Most of us in school, if we did 75 or 80 percent, we felt really good about ourselves. But you live in a world where you have to be just shy of perfect. Yeah. Yeah. You you do. You do, you do have to be in that that a, you know, <laughs> while you're balancing both sides that says, please approve this loan. And I'm not sure the investor will take it because I got to make sure we don't get a repurchase. Correct. Correct. I just want people to understand where we're coming from with operations and what what they do. And so this is behind the scenes. In fact, you made the comment that the people that are in operations, maybe not the processors, but most of the underwriting stuff would rather be not on the front lines. Right. Now, well, they're more comfortable maybe talking, you said behind their screen. Right. 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 Well, I mean, that is uh, naturally where we, you know, we find ourselves in our comfort zone, right. looking at screens, looking up guidelines, yep. you know, whenever to talk to a customer, or even, talking with a loan officer, mm -hmm. it can be outside of a comfort zone right. uh, where we're introverts by nature. Mm -hmm. Right. I don't see anything wrong with that. Not at all. I'm an introvert. Definitely. <laughs> Which is uh, kind of funny for me to think by the way. But. Well, um, you know, again, I enjoy getting out of my comfort zone. I too like to grow and learn. Um, but I'm most comfortable with my three screens and my, in my office, mm -hmm. right. Figuring out ways yep. to make a deal work. Yep. That's my comfort zone. Absolutely. But I do enjoy this. And you're very, very good at it. So in a nutshell, underwriters mm -hmm. do what? What's the, what's the one an underwriter does? They approve loans, but what do they do? What's their date? You know, as a, as an overview as a final kind of like paragraph. Okay. So basically Tom, as we finish up this podcast, what an underwriter is mostly in charge of what we live by is our credit job risk is credit risk. Simply put, credit risk. Mm -hmm. And make sure it's all fitting all those cross and T's and dot and I's and, Absolutely. and looking good. Yeah. Well, so they have a tough job, don't they? So so after I'm just kind of listening, going, so if someone wants to so when you're in high school and you say, When I grow up, I want to be a mortgage underwriter. Have you ever heard anyone be that, want that? That's something that you kind of grow into, right? Uh, like I said, actually, there's a natural progression there, mm -hmm, right? Mm -hmm. So, and I've seen it happen many different ways, but in my mind, or I, speaking from my own experience, my natural progression was a processor and, and uh, my time spent at Celtic Bank, I actually processed and, and closed my loans. That was part of, you know, part of mm -hmm. that wheelhouse. So, um, but that natural progression would be a processor into underwriting because as a processor, you learn a lot of those underwriting guidelines. Mm -hmm. um, but I also have a very successful underwriter on my team who had been a closing manager 
Mm -hmm. So there's many different ways that that you can get there. But usually it's a progression of some sort. I think so. I do. Um, A natural progression, but it doesn't mean you can't, uh, you know, become an underwriter another way. I know there's all kinds of courses people can take. Um, I think that, you know, in my opinion, if you're analytical, if you're a great problem solver, and if you enjoy helping solve, um, you know, solution oriented, it's a great career field for you. And you do all that very well. Thank you, Tom. Thanks for driving up, being a part of this. Again, this is somebody that takes care of billions of dollars. So she's got to get back to her job, protect some other billions of dollars. And uh, what she does for us is amazing. So Jackie Bags, thanks for joining. Thank you, Tom. Pleasure being here. This is Dollars and Sensibility, and I'm Tom Stone. Thank you for listening, and thanks for getting real with me. So next step is to answer your questions. Come see me, Guild Mortgage, 435-654-9979, or goapplastom.com.